coming to you from the pit in Arroyo Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to have you back. Good to, good to see you. Good to be back. We're back in the Pit Studio. Yeah, the last, our last uh, podcast, we did it from Hawaii. That was pretty. Well, cool. you were in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. So we were. Good for you. Yeah. It was great. Um, it was the best trip I've ever been on. That's a pretty big statement. It's a huge statement. Two things happened. Number one, it was the best trip I've ever been on, ever, without a doubt. I could just say that without even thinking about it. Number two, I actually had the best meal that I've ever had in my entire 60 years. What's uh, this meal? Well, one of my best friends in high school, his name is Warren Sasaki, um, and he's like my best friend in high school, and I was fighting in high school, I was fighting in the Golden Gloves, I did some kickboxing matches, I did a couple of no-holds-barred matches while I was in high school. So I was kind of well known for that, um, but my mom, uh, she wasn't really into meat, especially red meat, and Warren knew that, because Warren was my best friend, he used to come over all the time. And he loved to cook. So I'd be training all the time. He didn't think I was getting enough red meat. So he would bring his hibachi, which is like a little Japanese barbecue where you put, you know, coal in it and you, you, you cook things. He used to bring his hibachi over to my house and he used to grill, uh, barbecue or grill me up some steak. And he said, you need more red meat, man. If you got to fight, you got to be strong. So he used to come, he used to come over and cook me steak when I was training for fights. So that's the kind of guy he is. So we go on this trip and it's our, it's our anniversary trip. So we just wanted to lay low and just hang out at this beautiful hotel. Nicest hotel in Hawaii. It's called Kahala Hotel. That's K-A-H-A-L-A Hotel. Anyway, so we stayed there and he calls me one night uh, and he says, hey, I want, I, want, I want you to meet me at the park, and, and uh, I want to hang out for a little while. I was like, okay, but I'm just going to hang out with Heather. She's, she's my wife. And, and, um, but he said, no, I want, just come down a little while. I got a surprise for you. So I was like, okay. So we go down to this park. It's called Ainakoa Park, and it's like in a beautiful little residential area, not far from the beach, but uh, it's in a residential area near Kahala. It's kind of between Kahala and Ainahaina. It's called Ainakoa Park. And he's like, yeah, meet me over there at 7 o'clock. So Heather and I were like, what the hell has he got planned? So we go to this park, and it's, it's getting dark. And this beautiful park, he sits us down, and he has a big cooler with, with little uh, like Tupperwares. And we sit down, and he starts serving us this four-course meal. He's a chef, by the way, at a very high-level, uh, high-whatever, five-star hotel, five-star restaurant in a five-star hotel. The one we're staying at, actually. But, uh, so he starts serving us these, these plates, 
and Heather and I are like, holy shit. So he just, he must have taken forever to prepare this. So he brings us this unbelievable salad, homemade salad dressing. Um, it was just unbelievable. Then, boom, takes our plates away, gives us two more plates. This seared salmon with like this sauce on it that's like with capers and, and it's on a bed of rice. And it's like, it's the best salmon I've ever tasted. And then he takes the plates away, brings us another plate. We're already starting to get full. He brings us another plate of Korean barbecued ribs. And it was just, un I was like, I couldn't even get enough. I was like eating on the bone. I was trying to eat. It was so good. I was like, I almost ate the bone. I was like trying to get every little thing of meat off the bone. Anyway, so then we're like in heaven. Me and Heather are just sitting there, and he's like serving us. Nobody else is at this park. And then he brings us. He 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 brings out the the the. Uh, it's like a burner, like a propane burner. Turns it on, and then he starts. Uh, in the pan, he puts a bunch of liquid in it, and he puts in some chopped up bananas, sliced up bananas. And he starts. He puts some rum in it, and the whole thing catches on fire. Right? It's supposed to. And he, and then he puts a piece of uh, Portuguese sweetbread on our plates, pours this contraption or this concoction of this unheavenly sauce with, with sliced bananas in it. So we're like, holy shit. Then, to top it off, he puts on some vanilla Haagen-Dazs ice cream on top of each of, of these delectable desserts. And that was our dessert. It was like, we were sitting there after we ate, we were just like, what just happened? And this guy, he must have spent, Warren must have spent hours preparing this, because it was all prepared. He didn't cook it there. It was all prepared in little Tupperwares. Um, but he served it on a plate. He didn't give it to us in Tupperware. Uh, heaven forbid. So I was like, Unbelievable. That's what you call a friend. Uh, so that was our, uh, I forget what night that, I think that, oh, that was uh, Saturday night. No, that was Friday night. That was Friday night. So that was our Friday night. It was uh, the best hotel in the world, the Kahala. The best meal I've ever eaten. And it was the best vacation trip I've ever been on. That was so. the best food ever served in that park. Oh, my guarantee. <laughs> and it's just this little park. It's a residential park. So, anyway, so that, that sounds like a good trip. So you're back. You're recharged. Back. I'm recharged. Re it's good to go on vacation. Revitalized. Yeah, I'm, I'm, get uh, away. I'm recuperated. I'm I'm ready for action. So, so. he's back to drop all his wisdom on everyone. Yes, I am. <laughs> so. And um, I did watch the fights this week. So um, we had fights from Germany. Hamburg, Germany. Yeah. Yeah. They're very sad. Sad fights? Very sad. It was very sad. Glover lost. So, and that's sad to me. I mean, Glover, Glover's uh, really close. I mean, he's part of the Johanna. He's part of my family. He used to live at my house, uh, train with me, taught at my school. Um, He's family, you know, just uh, watching him lose is painful. It's painful. Um, if he got hurt, it would have been worse. He did get, he got, he got, he got wobbled, but he didn't really get rocked. 
Um, he smiled. Yeah, he, <laughs> he got, got. Yeah, so he got he got wobbled. His legs wobbled for a second, and that happens because he this he got short circuited, but he didn't lose his 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 cognitive. He w- was fine. He wasn't like you could tell. Um, but it's it still was scary, and and what he was doing wrong, well. What he did wrong tactically. So this went to decision. It was a decision. And he, he fought. Tell everyone. So yeah, he lost. He lost to uh, to Ander, Corey Anderson. And he's was, a guy. That, I think he won the ultimate. The fighter. ultimate fighter. Yeah. I was on that season. Uh, I coached, him. and he's a such a nice guy. Um, really nice guy. Not really talkative. He just goes Younger about guy. business. He's pretty young. Isn't he? he's twenties? I think. He's, I, think I, don't know I think he's twenty eight or something. I think he's thirty two. All right. Let's see. I'll look it up. You're probably right. He's 28. 28? So he's 10 years. Yeah, he's, he's quite a bit younger. He's a young guy. Yeah, he is. And, and he's a really nice, respectable, just down-to-earth guy. That, and that, that team is really close. Um, it's a really close team. Um, they're out of, it's either New York or New Jersey. I can never tell the difference. New something. So you uh, watch this fight from home, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it it wasn't it wasn't it was it wasn't as painful to watch because Glover didn't get hurt, but it was painful in the fact that I know why he lost. Um, n- not taking anything away from Corey Anderson, but Glover, Glover, Glover tends to he should not train himself, and that's pretty much what he does. And and uh, unless I was around, and I mean I kind of snap I kind of crack the whip on guys when I'm training them. And Glover has a hard time listening to people when they're training him because he's used to training himself because he's a self-motivated guy. And a lot of guys, when they train themselves, they just don't push hard enough, so they never get there. They don't work on their techniques. They don't work on their cardio. So they just don't quite do it. And then some guys like Glover and Court McGee, they want to. They just keep going. They want one more, one more rep, one more set, one more. They want to break this record, break that record. They want to lift more. They want they, they they focus on 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 trying to break the record, you know. And they want to push this harder. They want to do five hundred doubles and and just they work too hard. So you you're here. You start camping here, right? And then little by little, your conditioning and your timing edges their its way up. And you want to get here at the fight, right? Like here, right? Court and, and 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 Glover, like their their second or third week in camp, they're already over here. They're way overtrained. I mean, I I've been with Glover where I came in late for his camp, and it was like three or four weeks in. It was like I had to pull him back so hard because he was already here, and um. So that's the way he is, and you I could tell his first couple punches. It was like, oh shit, he's way overtrained. I could just tell. And that was his problem. Tactically, the way that that presents itself is with Glover, and he did this. He's done this in a couple other fights, um, but he tends to freeze up in the pocket. You can freeze up when you're out of reach. You can freeze up when you're clinched. You cannot freeze in the pocket because you're going to get hit and taken down because he freezes there. It's like, okay. What do I do? And he's, you're too close to be thinking that. Right? It's just, that's not the place to do it. 
Like if you're on the sidewalk and a car's going by, you go, you can just stand there and go, oh, okay, the car's going by. But you can't stand in the middle of the road while the car's coming and just freeze and go, wow, that's cool, the car's coming. Right? So you need to either be all the way out or all the way in, but you cannot, you can't just freeze in the pocket. And you, he was doing it over and over. So he's getting caught with uppercuts because he's just right here. Like no movement at all. Getting caught with uppercuts and just being taken down at will because he had no defense. He was just like frozen. And that all has to do with his overtraining. Um, mentally and physically it affects you. And Corey's good. He's a good wrestler, but not, not even close to Glover. And he's a good striker, not even close to Glover. But he was that night. So I'm not taking anything away from Corey that night. But I'd be willing to bet, I don't know how much, but if Glover had, if Glover's timing and, and, and training went the way it should have, like, you know, he had a trainer and, and I mean, if he trained the way he should have, I, I think it would have been a different fight. But with that said, ouch, it still hurt and he still lost the fight and, and, and he needs to, you know, I mean, he lives in Dansbury, Connecticut. I don't know. So he needs, he's running a gym of his own where he has kids and adults and they do fitness and they have a belt program and he focuses on that a lot. Um... So he needs to just realize if I'm going to have some more MMA fights in the UFC at the highest level of competition, I need to train like I'm in the UFC in the highest level of competition. And he doesn't do that. He's so laid back. He just does his own thing and then just trains himself and then just drive, 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 snatches, overhead, squats, burpees, you know, row, row, row. He just, he just pushes too hard. So that's it. Well, I spend my days in my office talking to people that are that overtrain, and then they don't see me until the overtraining led to an injury. So a lot of the overtraining leads to injuries. It but does. from your perspective, it seems like overtraining can just lead to performance differences, even if you're not injured. So for me, I see people once they've overtrained and now they've got a stress fracture, they've torn Be something. Right. Because people like that are training to train. So they're just training to train, like CrossFit guys are. They're yeah. just training to train. So you're that's you get injured doing your sport, which is training, or you know what I mean. Whereas in fighting, well, it's mostly endurance athletics. So like running, yeah, running. CrossFit's one of them too, but CrossFit's where you do it huge. so much and you don't take a break, your body needs time to heal. So when you're running. You're breaking down your bones. You're breaking down your ligaments, your muscles, just like when you weight lift. Yeah. And if you don't have enough rest for your body to repair itself, and then you pile another training on top of that before you've recovered, and then you train another, you know, more injuries yeah. on top of that, eventually you can have a, a bone that breaks, not from falling down and breaking a bone, but just eventually you get what's called a stress fracture. The bone will actually break just from repetitive microtrauma. It eventually cracks, breaks, and can lead to horrible problems. So that's when I see them. But I don't see someone that's just overtraining to the point where they're physically not in the condition they should be in. That's what you're talking and about. And then, they're it, it, to me, overtraining affects your mental, for a fighter, well, it's any sport, but I'm a, I'm a fight trainer, so it affects your mentality too. Like, even the runner, I'm sure, in their mind, they just don't love it as much when they're running because it's uh, overtraining you know, you start getting you start getting flat, and you just don't. Oh, I gotta go running. Whereas if you're if you're 
if you're resting and you're replenishing and you're recharging and then you're then you're training then you're always like yeah i can't wait like i can't wait to train i love training but i take my days off i don't overtrain so mentally like if you, he probably was out there running and all of a sudden that's how he's getting injured but he's also not loving it because that's one of the symptoms of overtraining is a flat emotional you know uh cloud and you just don't feel like training and, and, and the way it affects your fight is you didn't feel like training and now you get in the cage and you're going to go through the motions, but you don't have that explosiveness. You're just kind of flat like Glover was. If you saw the fight, watch it again and you'll see exactly what I mean. You're just flat and you're just like posing and, and you just didn't have that. Ah, la, la. Like, you know, you saw um, you saw the main event. You saw uh, you saw uh, John uh Smith. Smith, Anthony Smith. I mean, Anthony Smith was perfectly trained for that fight. He has a great camp, by the way. Um, Mark is doing a fantastic job. Where does he train out of? He, uh, Colorado. That's where uh, Kamozi and uh, um, a couple of other upcoming, you know, like James Krause trains out of there. Um, it's an unbelievable gym. They're, they're doing a great job. Um, but... Uh, um, yeah, Mark does a great job with his guys. And it was really cute. After the fight, he was, they took an Instagram of them all dancing in the dressing room. And it was super cute. They, I mean, this is a good... This is a... Like, um, Anthony, Anthony and Smith, they, they're really close. Just like the pit. I mean, like, we're really close. Um, and then um, Anthony Smith at that gym in... In... Uh, in, um, in, in in Colorado, they're like that. And then the gym, uh, in, um, I think it's in New Jersey. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Because um, I don't know, I, I know the guy, but uh, I don't know what the gym's called. But uh, they're just really close. Like, Anthony, uh, or, you know, Glover's, a, Glover's opponent, I mean, they were like, that's a really close gym. So, anyway. Um, Are you talking about Corey? Yeah, 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 Corey Anderson. Uh, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, it's a really uh, close gym. So, Robbinsville, that's where he fights out of in oh, New, yeah. Jer New Jersey. Yeah, it's in, it's in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, they have a really good trainers, and 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 they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're being watched. And not just training themselves. You can't train yourself. You're either... Probably like 50% of the people that train themselves are going to go into that fight undertrained, And the other 50 are going to go in overtrained. It's just you need an objective... Like you need an objective, uh, you know, a coach. Just like, I mean, at business, you need a coach. You know what I mean? I mean, just about any endeavor you do, you need a coach. Any athletic endeavor, I mean entrepreneurs now i mean it's huge to get coaches and almost all successful entrepreneurs uh have coaches just just it's just hard to do it on your own because you can't be objective when you're being subjective and you're you're the subject <laughs> so the, just that in itself means you can't be objective because you're a subject you're the subject so anyway so that's how i feel about that but i mean with that said 
some people train too hard and some people train too, you know, too soft. And, and, and there's a yin and yang with that. I mean, people say, train harder, train harder, and that you can train too hard. Or, you know, you got to take it easy. You need a lot of rest. You can rest too much. You know what I mean? So, like, if you, if you have to rest, like, three days and then train one, then rest three days, you're never going to get in shape. You're just never going to get in shape. You're just going to kind of, you're just going to stay wherever you are. But then if you go the other way and just train, like, five days and then rest one and then train really hard five days and then rest one, then you're not, you're not giving your body enough time to rebuild, replenish, recharge. You're just going to break it down. Every time you work out, you're breaking down your body. You know, you're getting micro tears, you're getting, you know, you're getting just the lactic acid buildup, you know, mentally and physically, you're overtraining. And, and, and so the yin and yang is you have to reach that balance of training and rest, work and rest, right? So you need to recover and you need to, you, you need to train. So you need to push hard if you want to get in shape, but you also need to rest hard. Intensity is key. You need to train intense really intensely, but you need to rest intensely. And that's kind of an oxymoron, but then again, I'm a moron, so I can use oxymorons. Well, part of the right? thing in sports medicine... Because you're a doctor. We're gonna ignore part of the thing in sports medicine we talk about is how you progress. So if you have a goal of where you want to get to, whether it's running or whatever it is, or, or your cardio, or, or your just general, the shape that you're in, if you keep increasing stepwise... Eventually, you're going to get injured if you keep just even if you're resting, but if you just keep increasing your workout stepwise. And so, we always recommend people increase their intensity, increase their workout, and then that's followed by a decrease, not all the way to nothing, but a decrease where you have your light days or whatever. Yeah. And then you increase more, and then that's followed by a decrease again. So you, it's called cyclical progression. So you're you're training and you're increasing your intensity or increasing your workouts, but you're not just doing it in a stepwise fashion. You always want to decrease and do a little less, recover, allow your body to heal itself before you push on to the next level. Didn't they used to call that fartlek or something? I don't know. Farlick, the farlick method? It's called, it's just the general term is cyclical progression. So you're progressing, but you're always decreasing. I think, yeah, okay, so there's, there's that. That's, in, you know, the way you do it. But the farlick cycle, or the farlick uh, way was saying you should always just throw other things in once in a while just to mix it up. So basically... Oh, I agree with yeah. that, too. That's cross-training. Yeah. So that's so basically... Doing we call one sport... Well, we see a lot of that. Just doing one sport all year round, which a lot of kids do now, leads to injuries. Yeah. Whereas in the old days, you do different sports. You yeah. work your way through baseball and football. and. So there's the yin and yang. And we're talking about yin and yang. Um, everybody says, water, water, whatever these freaking... Some of these guys get on these kicks where they carry around their water bottle all the time because they got to drink, 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 and, and, and they're just like, they're like obsessed with water. But you do know that you can actually have too much water. I mean, you can, you can, you can get, you know, water toxicity. You can, you can basically drown yourself by drinking too much water because, because you, your, your electrolytes don't want to be dehydrated, but they, they don't want to be overhydrated either. You don't want to have hyponatremia or hypernatremia, right? You don't, have, you don't want to have too little salt. You're supposed to be right here, right? You know what I mean? So you, you don't want to be 
like everybody says alkaline diet, everybody's green, do alkaline, alkaline, alkaline. You can die of alkalosis. Just like you can, you can die of acidosis, you can actually die of alkalosis, too much alkaline. What is lye made up of? It's an alkaline. So you can die of alkalosis just like you can acidosis. We want to be right here. Just like overtraining for a fight or undertraining. You should have a pH of 7.40. Not 8, not 7. 7.40. So alkalosis or acidosis, there's, there's the yin and yang. You want, to have, you want to have some acid, right? Really train hard. You want some lactic acid. That means you're training hard. But then you want to breathe deep and get rid of some of the lactic acid, carbonic acid, etc. Because we have the yang. Yin yang. What do you think? I think you're right. There's always, you can always go too far and do too much of one thing. The drinking the water, you know, your body has its own natural regulating mechanism. You get thirsty. Yeah. So you should drink water when you're thirsty. Right. Your body will tell you if your body's working correctly yeah. when you need more water. Yeah, you know, it's built you, in. You don't just pile in the water and <laughs> always. Built. You don't have to carry more water. We're not in the Sahara Desert on a hundred mile march, guys. You don't always have to carry your water. Like they have to be hydrated all the. We're in California, people. We're in the central coast of California. You don't need to always have. Uh, um, you don't always have to have your water. You can, you can get to. To be fair, to sink. be fair, people may be listening. From other areas, all, okay. all over the world. If you're Maybe from, from the, the desert. <laughs> they may be listening from If the you're desert. in the desert, scratch that and get your fucking, uh, what do you call it, the water? What's that one? The H2? Hydroflask. Get oh. your Hydroflask and go. But, okay, I'll give you one last one. Last one. You, I bet you guys didn't know. Everybody wants more oxygen. Oxygen. They think oxygen is the key to everything, but you can have too much oxygen. Oxygen toxicity. Do you, does anyone know the percentage of oxygen in the air? It's not 100%. It's 21%. The air is made up of 21% oxygen. It yeah, has but nitrogen. John, what about the people that get a big mask of oxygen in the hospital, John? Yeah, if you're sick, you need extra oxygen. <laughs> what if your lungs don't work? If your lungs don't work, you might need extra oxygen. But then again, if your lungs do work and you're taking oxygen, you can get oxygen toxicity. You can you can actually you can actually hurt your lungs, you know, and it doesn't come back. Like you can get, you know, a, a restrictive lung disease from taking too much oxygen. If you're a baby and you're premature, they give you too much oxygen, that's when you see those babies with the thick glasses. They're almost blind because oxygen is not good. I mean, over-oxygenation is not good. Oxygen is. So we need, we need a combination of oxygen and CO2. So whether it's training, training or oxygen, oxygen or water, water or acidity, acidity you or said we need, a, we need to be in the middle. We need to be in the yin and Every, yang. Yeah. And two people are, too many people are too much yang and not enough ying. All right? That's all Yangers. I got to say about it. Yangers. Speaking of yin and yang. <laughs> They're yangers. Those yangers. Wow. Okay, speaking of that, last fight, unbelievable Anthony Smith. So I mean, you've seen uh, Shogun fight before. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, he's... And so tell me, he's from Brazil. How do I say his last name? Uh, Hua. Hua. It's an H, but it's yeah. Rua. Yeah. But we'll say yeah. Hua because he's from yeah. Brazil. Well, we just call him Shogun. Shogun. So most, very few people call him, uh, call him uh, Mauricio Hua. 
almost everyone calls him Shogun. Um, there's he's only a, one he's had a lot of fights. He is. He hasn't had as many fights as you think, but he's been everywhere. He's done that. He's been there. He's done been that. champion, right? He's been the champion. He's been a champion. He's of been a champion. Pride. Pride. He was just. He was just knocking everyone out. He I was think so, he got a belt in the UFC yeah. by knocking out. Uh, knocked out somebody. Yeah, I don't know. Machida or somebody. Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, he he he's a knockout machine. Uh, he was training at that crazy gym, and they were all like. Just beating the shit out of each other. Um, but a little bit of an age difference in this fight. So this was Anthony Smith we were talking about Yeah, the Anthony Smith is, is, is a lot younger. Um, and he's an up-and-coming 6'4". Shogun's 36. 36, I guess yeah, he's a little shit, older. Man. Yeah, he looks, he looks older, and he seems older. He should be older. He's had so many wars. He's like, he's like uh, Vandalay Silva. And Anthony Smith looks younger than he is. He's uh, 29. Oh, yeah. He looks like 22. <laughs> he looks young. Oh, my God. He looks like a baby face. Oh, my God. That guy can fight. He is such a good fighter. And who, I mean, Shogun is really good. He's really good, but he just got his biggest technical mistake in the whole fight. Well, the whole fight didn't last very long. No, 30 seconds. The biggest <laughs> mistake he made is when he covered up like this. That That was the beginning of the end. That was... Covering up like that is never... Anytime you see people cover up like this, whether it's on the ground or standing... How long does that work? It, it lasts for about three seconds, then they're going to get knocked out. You either hit, hold, or get out of the way. We're not allowed to do that in your class. Hit, number one, hit, hold, clinch, or get the hell out of the way. Never do you ever want to do this. Unless you're Muhammad Ali and there's ropes where you can lean back and they're not allowed to take down or knee... And you can lean against ropes. That's the only time you could do it. When Muhammad Ali did his rope-a-dope, that's the only time that ever worked. It is never going to work. Covering it up worked never so works. well. Yeah. <laughs> for him, it did work very well. For Ali. Yeah, for Ali. Yeah. In that circumstance. Yeah, you did. For yeah. Uh, fighting, getting in a fight or being in a cage is probably, you're saying that's not going to be helpful. No, it's not. And uh, so you, you don't ever want to do that. Um, that was his biggest tactical mistake, but he was on his way. I mean, this guy, this guy, this it's uh, it's Anthony's time and it's uh, it's Shogun's uh, time. He probably has a couple fights left if he really wants them. There's some, I mean, you know, there's some lower uh, guys that he could beat, but um, Anthony Smith it was not going to be beat by Shogun that night, and he is he is an up and comer. I don't see. Even though he doesn't have like a, a stellar record, like um, like you think he's undefeated, but he's not. What's his record? I would think Anthony Smith. Watching him fight, I would have said that guy's undefeated. Wow, but he's like thirty and thirteen. He has more fights How than does he have so Shogun. Many fights. He's he has more fights than Shogun. He looked good. Yeah, he he looks good. He, he must got have, a performance of the night. He should for that. Unbelievable. So that was the that was the main event. Um, that's all. That's all we got. There was nothing. What there was? Uh, any other fights that were worth watching? Nah, there were all. There were some good ones, mostly decisions. But Bermudez had a nice pre-prelim fight. Yeah, it wasn't Dennis. Not Dennis of the night. Not Dennis. And let me just shout out Steven Seiler just went one step closer to winning the million dollar payday on uh, in the tournament he's doing. Was it PFL? What is that one? Is I think it's called the PFL. Steven Seiler is kicking butt in that. Uh, St- Seiler 
Is There's that, a big money prize in that? Yeah, Steven Seiler is such a great person. He's How do gr- you know him? I, I know him because he's the pit elevated, and that was, uh, you know, we had... Oh, this is Utah? Court McGee, Ramsey, um, you know, Steven Seiler, some of those guys. Um, so, um, he, he made, he's one step closer. He's had like three stoppages in a row. I love Steven Seiler. He's such a cool, calm guy, and he's such a hardworking, great father. I mean, he's just an unbelievable guy. So I got nothing but respect for this guy. And uh, Anyway, so that's all we got. No, no, there's a fight tonight. Oh, what? The Contender Series. So the UFC has this Contender Series. I have not watched it, but I'm going to watch it tonight because Nick Newell's fighting, who you've who you know, he's the fighter with basically one arm. He's he has got, one arm. He's got half an arm, but it's kind of a atrophic. Uh, yeah. He had a congenital amputation, so he was born with one arm. But he's fighting for a chance to fight in the UFC. And he's, and he's got a good record. He's 14-1. and one. He's 14-1, and one, and the guy he's fighting is 4-0. Oh, so and this is a real fight. Yeah, and he's fighting a guy with two arms. These guys aren't giving him breaks. I've seen a couple of his fights. He's good on the ground. He's good standing. Um... This seems like someone, John, you would want here to train. Oh, my God. I'd love to, I'd <laughs> love to is, train this guy. This is right up John's alley. I would love One-armed to train. One-armed fighter. I would give him the best right hook ever. <laughs> ever. And I, I just love his spirit. I mean, his guts. I mean, you have two arms, two legs, and fighting. Most, most, most guys will never fight. Even, even if they want to and they, it's, it's, it's in their it, something they want to do, um, they're not going to do it. It's just they don't have the guts, even if they want to. A lot of guys, they'd rather be a doctor. It's not even in their mind. It's not even anywhere. It's an easy job, yeah. Yeah, so like they want to be a doctor or you want to be something else. But some guys actually want to fight, but just don't because they're scared. Like, to be honest, I wouldn't mind skydiving, but I'll never, ever do it because I'm scared. But fighting... With the right medication, you might be willing to do it. I would never jump out of a plane, but... But I would like to. I, I would like to do it and just say I did it. But I'll never do it. Some guys want to fight and say they, say they fought, but they'll never do it. Because it, 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 takes, it, takes uh, it takes too much of that kind of brains or courage or stupidity. But Nick Newell, he has one arm and he's fighting two-armed people. This will be his 16th fight. And he's, won, he's fight. won 14 of them already. Yeah. So I, I think they can, that's Nothing. that's Tuesday night contender series. I don't know. I think it's their main event in the contender series. So I think what's the purpose of this thing? If if you win, you can get a UFC contract. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's he has a couple of contender series. Then there was like something that fight or book that fight or something that he did did with uh with Matt Sarah. Remember he had that yeah. other show like yeah. It's kind of the same thing. This, this is show, on Fight Pass though. They're finding they're finding talent. They're finding talent. I don't know if you win, if that automatically means you get a chance. We'll have to look into it. But anyway, yeah. he's fighting tonight. That might be. We'll talk about it next week. But that might be worth watching. It's just interesting to see a guy with a disability like that. He's not fighting in the special UFC. He's not fighting in the you know like something of the para UFC. No, he's it? fighting in the UFC yeah. with one arm. That's just it's just kind of cool. It's 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 unbelievable. It's like. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. He's, that's unbelievable. He's courage. not fighting other disabled people. No, he's fighting. I mean, a lot of people like this one arm. They're gonna people like this. Some people with one arm. They're gonna just be on disability the rest of their life. Yeah, 
and some people, some people are brave enough to compete against other disabled people. That still takes a lot of courage. Some people, like him, just said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go fight this guy with two arms, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna win 14 of my 15 fights." And nobody gives them a chance, guys. They're not gonna like saying, "Oh, this guy only has one arm. Here, beat me." No, they're. Reach I've seen out. Some you got Texas guy. Let's see if you can get him on our podcast. All right. It'd be just to hear his story. How did the heck did he get into fighting with one? I'll text. I'll, I will text him today. <laughs> I want to talk to you. All right. All right. Cool. All right, John. Good to have you back in town. Good to be back. Thanks for everything. I miss you guys, and I miss you guys. I miss you, and I miss you guys. Aww. And uh, it was a great trip. And uh, thanks for coming, guys. Please share this and let everybody know this is the best podcast in the world. You thanks heard it. for coming. You heard it here. <laughs>